0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, amen. Our text is from the prophet Zephaniah, chapter three. The King of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. In January 1918, the Russian poet Alexander Bloch, wrote a poem in the midst of the Russian Revolution. He was in the city of Petrograd, and from his windows he could see the turmoil and the violence right outside. His poem is not revolutionary, but it is about revolution. It is not a religious poem, but it has as its major theme Divine revelation. The poem is entitled The Twelve, and it portrays a scene from the streets. It is a stormy winter's night. It is snowing hard. The cold is sharp. The wind is biting. The Twelve in the title are Bolshevik soldiers in the service of the revolution. They are a drunken brutal and murderous rabble, determined to sweep aside the old regime. The revolution has been successful, but there is no rejoicing. In fact, the whole poem is a confusion of unrestrained passion. It portrays ugliness and beauty, brilliance and madness. The soldiers set there to guard the streets have become a roving mob. They maltreat everyone and everything that they encounter. They mock the priest, jeer at the gentleman. They threaten the young and old alike with vulgar insults. The very stanzas of the poem are punctuated with the sound of gunfire. At the crossroads, the soldiers open fire on a couple riding in a sleigh. The woman is shot in the head and is left to die in the street. There is little time for remorse. The soldiers plod forward. The storm rages on. But ahead of them, in the night, they see a banner and they follow it. They try to catch sight of who it is that is carrying it, but they cannot. In the very last stanza, the poet reveals to us, the readers, who it is. Wearing a wreath of white roses and bearing a blood-soaked banner, goes ahead of them, Jesus Christ. Bloch's poem was published to a storm of controversy in Russia. In particular, the readers were scandalized by the presence of Christ in the poem. Those opposing the revolution were outraged at the very suggestion that Christ would have anything to do with the bloody revolution, let alone be marching at its head. To the revolutionists, who were atheists, Christ had no place in the new Russia. In fact, he was a symbol, a hated symbol, of the Tsarist tyranny, something to be overthrown. Christ does not belong there. And yet, the question remains. What is Christ doing there? Well, in the poem, the question is left open to interpretation. It is deliberately vague. In spite of the scandal, the poet Bloch did not change anything about his poem. He really couldn't explain it. In fact, Bloch admitted that he found the ending of his own poem frightening. However, in, in all the revolutionary upheaval, amid the turmoil, in the fire and violence and anguish It has to be Christ, he said. There was nothing to be done. Christ must be there. The scandal of the presence of Christ. God in human flesh coming among people is a scandal. Christ's birth his life, his death, his resurrection, the whole story is an offense. He comes as king, yet his person, his work, his message are all scandal. The very suggestion that the holy, sinless Son of God, Jesus Christ, would have anything to do with sinners is an outrage. There is no place for him here. He comes into this world among the poor, the dying, the lost, the lame, the outcasts. Christ does not belong here. And yet the question remains, what is he doing here? The presence of Christ is scandal. Not chiefly because we have a problem with it. The presence of Christ is scandal because God has a problem with it. It is an offense to the holiness and righteousness of God because God has pronounced judgment on sin and guilt because God has a problem with sin, with our sin. And so God becomes one of us to save us. Jesus Christ is God's answer for our sin. And for this reason, Christ must be here. He must be in our midst. Because God loves us. The word of the God, through the prophet Zephaniah, is fulfilled this day. The King of Israel, Jesus Christ, has come and is in our midst. Zephaniah warned of God's coming judgment and called upon the people of Israel to repent of their sins before the coming of the day of the Lord's wrath. They were to seek the Lord in humility and search out his righteousness, call upon the name of the Lord and serve him. And yet at the same time, the prophet proclaimed the Lord's promise of salvation and restoration He promises to save. This promise, this prophecy is fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ and in his coming. God's salvation and restoration come to his people when he himself comes to them. He comes among us. He becomes one of us, flesh and blood, He comes to bear a world of sin, murder, hatred, greed, pride, lust, evil, violence. He comes to people who hate him, who reject him, who have no use for him at all, and yet he comes. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in our midst, and we shall never again. Fear evil. The Lord our God is in our midst, a mighty one who will save. Our hope lies in Christ, in him being here among us, in our midst. It must be Christ, because he is the only one who can save. And he brings us to himself. It is to himself that he gathers his people. It is around himself that he gathers us together. He brings all of us together. Jesus is God coming right where we are, right where we need him to be. And he will be in our midst until the end of the age. All those who do not sing, who do not rejoice and exult with their hearts, all of us who mourn, who are oppressed, the lame, the outcast, the people separated out from one another, all of these he gathers together and brings to himself. Now, now we sing aloud and shout we rejoice and exult with all our hearts for he is in our midst and we are together with him. He quiets us with his love. He rejoices over us with gladness. He exults over us with loud singing for he has taken away our judgments against us. He has cleared away our enemies he has saved us, and never again will we fear. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.